Hey there, everyone. This is Stephanie Rule, your NHA podcast host, and I'd like to welcome you to our September 2020 NHA podcast. Our topic for this month is teaching NHA at home. There are so many of us who are choosing to raise our children with the nurtured heart as the culture in our homes, choosing NHA as our way of life. Today, my guests and I will discuss different ways of teaching NHA in your home to your children. We will share different activities we, that we do with our own children to help them learn and internalize nurtured heart and learn how to live the approach in their everyday lives. One thing I have discovered after being an NHA trainer for more than 10 years is that my children love to learn the pieces of the approach directly. In other words, I initially began teaching NHA to my kids by way of modeling and being the approach, which I still do. But currently, I've also begun teaching the three stands to my kids directly. And they not only love to learn it that way, but I've noticed a deepening of their understanding of the approach and how to apply it in their lives. Between the three of us in today's podcast, our children cover the developmental span from early childhood through teenage years. We will dive into a rich discussion about how each of us are teaching NHA in our homes. Just a few announcements before I introduce my guests for today. You can subscribe to our NHA podcast through iTunes or Blog Talk Radio so you can receive notifications about new episodes every month. You can find the Children's Success Foundation on social media by searching CSF is Greatness. You can explore our website, childrensuccessfoundation.com, to find a trainer near you and many other great resources, including registering for our upcoming virtual CTI. And you can visit our Facebook page, The Nurtured Heart Approach, for informative discussions around the applications of NHA in your life. Certified trainers are on this page and provide great feedback and insight as you begin your journey with the nurtured heart. Lastly, if you have questions, comments, or any feedback regarding the podcast, you can email them to nhapodcast.csf at gmail.com. Okay, as I already mentioned, I have two very experienced NHA trainers on the show with me today, and I'm very grateful and honored that they joined me today. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my friends and colleagues, and we'll begin with Leah Marcus. Leah loves all things involving geekiness, wordplay, and puns, and she identifies as an introvert and a recovering perfectionist. She has degrees in studio art, art therapy, and counseling, and she worked in community mental health in Ohio for several years before moving to Southeast Michigan to start a family. Leah experienced a tremendous paradigm shift upon learning about the Nurtured Heart approach in 2011. Through multiple national and international Nurtured Heart certification trainings, this approach infused Leah's experience as a therapist, a wife, and a mother with new meaning and vitality. In fact, she was pregnant with her now six and a half year old son, Avery, during some of those trainings. So her parenting was already Nurtured Heart focused before it even began. Leah spent most of her time in the past few years as a primary care caregiver to Avery. She has held counseling licenses in both Ohio and Michigan and is committed to building resilience and connections among families locally and area resources. COVID-19 has also prompted Leah to find, find ways to spread Nurtured Heart via online trainings to parents and professionals across the world through her coaching business, Reach Your Heart Out, LLC. Leah, I'm happy to have you on the show again. Welcome. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Yes, it's been a few years since the last time you were a guest on the show. 
And we were just talking before before the show recording that um, her Leah's son Avery has now now moved from the toddlerhood stage from when she was on the show last time to the early childhood stage of development. Um, and I know that you have really great NHA Avery stories that you'll be sharing with us today, and I'm really excited to hear some. Yes, I got a whole list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's introduce our next guest, and her name is Nicole Simmons. Nicole has a degree in music therapy and works in the nonprofit sector as a residential program director, serving young adults with mental health challenges for over 12 years. She learned about the Nurtured Heart approach in 2010 and saw incredible changes when she started implementing it within her family, which inspired her to bring NHA to her program residents, become a certified advanced trainer, and share the approach across her local community. Nicole is so passionate about NHA and has committed herself to spreading it far and wide since creating her coaching business, Relationship Matters LLC, several years ago. She loves empowering people to see themselves and others in a way that aligns their core values and strengthens their relationships in surprising ways. Due to COVID-19, Nicole has found ways to spread the gift of NHA through the country via online trainings, workshops, and private coaching. As a mother of a tween daughter and a teenage son, she has most recently delighted in finding ways to teach this life-changing approach to them to help them learn how to navigate relationships in a more intentional, grounded, and loving way. Welcome back to the show, Nicole. It's been a few years also for you since you were last on the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. And a little fun fact about Nicole is that she actually used to help produce the NHA podcast. So it's an extra honor and a joy to have you back with me today, Nicole. Aw, thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, Leah and Nicole, I'm so happy you guys are here. And, you know, sometimes I ask my guests to give our listeners a quick definition of the Nurtured Heart Approach, as every person has a unique perspective on what NHA is and how they define it. And normally I ask the trainer that's on the show with me to give their definition of NHA, or we like to call it the NHA pitch. However, since we're here to talk about children and how we teach the nurtured heart approach directly to them, I think it would be really great for Nicole to let me know ahead of the show that her two children both gave her their NHA pitch yesterday and are willing to let her share them. So I think it'd be great, Nicole, if you would share how your tween daughter and your teenage son define the nurtured heart approach. I would love to. So I asked both of my kids yesterday, I have um, Lee, who is 12, and I have Zachary, who is 16. And I said, okay, so they might ask tomorrow on the podcast, they might ask this question, you know, how would you describe the nurtured heart approach to somebody in 30 seconds? And I said, how would you answer that? And the two of them, they, they thought for a minute. And I, honestly, it was like two minutes. And they're like, okay, I got it. I'm ready. And I'm like, oh, okay okay, go for it. So Zachary, the 16-year-old, said, the nurtured heart approach is not a form of discipline. It's a way of life that you use to influence and affect people's lives in a positive way. And I was like, dang, okay, yeah. yeah. And then Lee, and actually it was really funny because Lee plugged her ears and was humming while Zach was talking so that <laughs> she wouldn't be influenced <laughs> by what she heard him say. 
so then when it was her turn, I said, okay, go for it, babe. You know, how would you describe nurtured heart? And she said, the nurtured heart approach is a way to communicate with your kids on how they can improve their behaviors without telling them what they've done wrong. Mm -hmm. And by positively reinforcing them when they've done something right. And I was like, wow, 12 year old. And then she adds to it. Wait, 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 I have something more to add. It's okay. And she said, it's a way to communicate and, inter and interact with other people in a positive environment by focusing on what's going well and not what's going wrong. Mm -hmm. That just gave me chills. I, that is so, what, oh my gosh, what a beautiful testament, Nicole, um, to what is going on in your home. Really, truly, like you are teaching the nurtured heart approach as a way of life. Um, you're teaching it to them in a way that is, I mean, not only are you teaching it as a way of life, but you're teaching it to them in a way that it is becoming who they are. And that is the best testament a parent, a nurtured heart parent can have really. So that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us and thank them when you, when you see them after the show, make sure that you tell them that what we heard was absolute greatness coming out of a 12 year old and a 16 year old. I will. Thank you. Cause I, mm. I was really so taken with their answers. I just, I was really blown away and I sat there for a minute kind of stunned. And then I said, I hope you two realize how absolutely amazing and perfect and beautiful your answers were. I'm, you know, I, I just, I was really at a loss for words that they came up with answers so quickly. Hmm. Well, to me, that just says that they are living, living it in their hearts. They didn't yes. have to think too much about it. It was in their heart and it was, you know, they let their heart speak for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I hadn't even come up with my answer yet. I was like, <laughs> wow. I mean, they just, they came up with that on their own. Oh, and I love that's it. beautiful. I do too. Yes, absolutely. My goodness. I can't wait for our little Avery to, to be able to get to what, well, you know, it probably won't be long before Avery is able to do that. He's, <laughs> he's so good with words already. And he's only six and a half, Leah. He makes up his own greatness terms. <laughs> He'll just say words entirely and then tell me what they mean. Um, I love that. Because <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk just for half a second on that. He could be making up terms around how his um, negative dialogue, internal dialogue, right? About life that he goes through. Like, I know you shared an experience that he had on Facebook recently in school um, and just something that had happened that affected him in a negative way. So in that moment, he could have been making up all these negative terms that he's using on himself. That wouldn't be too out of the ordinary for a kid to do when they're in a negative experience. But instead, because of what's going on in your home and the culture you've created, um, Avery is able to not only not think of these negative things about himself, but instead create these incredible terms of greatness um, that pertain to how he handled himself in that moment. What a gift is that? Yeah, it, it's, and it just, he, in that moment you described with the, the thing that happened at school, um, when he started making up the word that he, you know, chose for himself, he then, as an aside, said, and I'm using creativity right now to think of this word. Right. <laughs> a few months ago, he came up with this word called 
constatoilivation, which oh. is when a toy can't damage something, when you just do a little gentle throw, um, because he had reset and was making really good choices with mm-hmm. the ball he was playing with. It's <laughs> just like, I, I'm like constantly writing this stuff down, just following him around. Like, okay, what was that again? Absolutely. You're going to you're gonna have to put it all into a book someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. Oh gosh. Well, we already started, launched into this great discussion. Um, but let's talk a little bit about your personal parenting growth and transformation over the years, ladies. Um, <clears throat> you know, when you first learned and learned NHA and how you applied it in your home then versus the present time and how things might be different, how they might look different in your home today. Leah, you want to start? Um, sure. Thanks. Um, so I, um, as, as um, Stephanie mentioned in the bio, I learned Nurtured Heart before I was a parent. I was working as a therapist and, you know, uh, went to a one day and then just was like, oh, I need to, to know this um, as fully as possible. And, you know, it just totally changed how I worked with my clients and then just how I interacted in my marriage and as a daughter. And, um, and then, you know, I was just loving how Nurtured Heart spread to including our relationship with ourself. Um, and so when my son came along, you know, becoming a parent just really stirs up a lot of old messages, a lot of fears. And, you know, so I had a lot of things to kind of unlearn and confront. And so Nurtured Heart has been just so um, impactful in terms of managing the energy of that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of energy, you know, this, this is something that can really be used beautifully in our relationship with, with our babies because it is energy based. It's, it's based on the, the energy of that relationship, the connection between you. It doesn't, it uses words, but it doesn't need to use words um, necessarily. And so um, similar to, to Stephanie, I um, did a lot of modeling um, of the approach um, when, my, when Avery was little. Um, I have video of him at like two and a half toddling around saying, I used my words, you know, because I would just get all over him for any little bit of taking a breath or of the times he would naturally reset himself rather than teaching him, you know, this is what a reset is. I would, I, I've started with um, pointing out the natural resets that were already happening Mm -hmm. and um, you know, sort of modeling them out loud with myself, which, you know, I, 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 I'd like to do that more than I do, (laughs) but uh, you know, like not being afraid to, to reset myself in view of other people rather than maybe what I was more used to of like, okay, well, I'll go off in our corners and then come back when it's less tense. It's like, oh, I can just use this right here. Um, but I didn't really know for a while, even until like this year, honestly, um, how much of like the lingo was kind of going in um, or how much how aware he was of like this is an approach my mom is using and teaching um and and actually even this week you know as I was really kind of making explicit to him like you know he knows that I teach nurtured heart and then I teach classes and and he um 
you know, gets a lot of the um, kind of the overall feel of it. But, you know, I was asking him, you know, what does stand one mean and stand two? And he could tell me, and it was just like blowing my mind <laughs> um, that he could take that in and, and use it that way. And, and if, I think that's the, been the latest piece. Um, but before that, he was, he, in the last couple of years, has been able to identify, oh, I need to reset myself. Or look at that, I just reset. Or, you know, give me a minute, mama, I'm, I'm resetting. And, and so that's been... Um, just, I just love it every time I hear it. Cause it's like, this is useful for him. It's a tool. It's a tool and it's just kind of become part of who we are. Mm -hmm. So do you, I just have a question. Do you, um, <clears throat> you know, he's able to now verbalize what the three stands are mm -hmm. and you know, you, sh you so gracefully and willingly shared that video too on Facebook, which just adored every <laughs> second of that video. Um, because he's just adorable, first of all. But second of all, it's so empowering yeah. to him that he can, that he knows what the three stands are. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, if you could talk a little bit about how, how it came to be that at six and a half years old, Avery <laughs> can verbalize what is stand one, what is stand two, and how do I use it in this, you know, he was able in that, I think it was the video that you shared where mm -hmm. he was able to say how he used stand one in a specific situation and stand two and stand three in that same scenario. Um, but how do you, do you, can you tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about how he came to be able to do that? Sure. Well, you know, I, full disclosure, he's got a, a mom as an advanced trainer and a grandma who's an advanced trainer. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in that he overhears conversations that she and I have had because we talk about this stuff all day. Um, and I think he's overheard me um, giving some trainings. But um, again, this was like a really pretty recent development that it was like, wait a minute, <laughs> this might be helpful <laughs> for him to, to really know like what the pieces are. And so, you know, we just kind of talked in the context of like, let's take this hard situation. You know, we were done, his school this week was half days that felt each half day felt like a month because it was on Zoom and it was like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, you know, so we're, we both kind of needed to recover. And so one of those, one of the things I love about Nurtured Heart is that you get to create whatever moment you want. And so it was like, okay, I'm going to create a moment where we go a little deeper so usually it would be like, what was your greatness in this moment? How, what were some qualities that you showed? Let's talk this through. So what are some of the things you could have done to make it worse that you didn't do? And a lot of that was in the video that I posted. Um, but, you know, I, I was like, okay, so you know that I teach Nurtured Heart, right? And he's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I just kind of said, you know, Nurtured Heart has kind of these three parts and, you know, we call them three stands. And so stand one is, you know, all about, you know, kind of not focusing a whole lot on all the problems or the things that go wrong um, and not just really, I didn't, I don't know that I used the word energize it with him because, you know, he's six, but um 
I think I, I stuck to like terms like focusing on or just mm-hmm. really stuck in there. And You did. I'll verify that because it, yeah. it stuck out to me. I thought, oh, brilliant. Because energizing is a really difficult term for younger, mm-hmm. younger kids to wrap their mind around. And I thought that was really a great idea that you just focused on the word focus. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm well, even adults who are new to this too. It's like, wait, mm-hmm. what do you mean by energizing? Um, and then, you know, so then we just kind of went through the stands of like, you know, stand two is okay. So instead of getting all yanked up about what went wrong, we you know, look instead at all the stuff that went right, all the stuff that could have gone worse and didn't. And he really loved that part. I have to say he loved the, like, <laughs> let's talk more about all the other wild stuff I could have done that would have been really bad (laughs) um and then you know and then we talked about about resetting and stand three and and knowing like what we what matters to us and so what we're what we're going to pay attention to and so I was just as shocked as anybody else when I turned on the recording and he was just able to (laughs) rattle it off I was like oh my gosh that stayed in there (laughs) <laughs> it stayed you know I mean yeah like you know to be brutally honest sometimes I'll give him recognitions and he'll just like interrupt and change the subject <laughs> just like mm-hmm. okay, I don't know how much this is really landing with him at any given moment um yeah so that was just like oh my gosh for him to sit there for you know <laughs> seven minutes and talk to me about that was right really shocking well, and I think that that's great evidence of the fact that what we're doing, any parent, <clears throat> excuse me, any parent teaching NHA in their home or using NHA in their home, I think um, it's evidence that show, it shows that even though, because Avery's not the only kid who interrupts during a recognition, <laughs> I can tell you that much, or, you know, walks away <laughs> in the middle of the, um, of the uh, recognition, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that that's great evidence that what we're doing is working. It is getting in there, even though sometimes they interrupt us or sometimes they walk away. That's their way, their, you know, their childhood brain's way of processing the mm-hmm. information we're putting in it. Um, but it's, it's not, it's not what parents often think it is, which is, oh, they don't care or they don't want to hear it or they don't, they, they actually hate hearing it. It's none of the above. Um, and I think that was a great depiction of that. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Yeah. Nicole, I know you're still there. I want to hear about <laughs> you too, my dear. And I want to hear a little bit about your personal parenting um, growth that you've gone through over the years when you first learned NHA and present time. Absolutely. But before I do that, I just have to tell you, Leah, since I, I think I only texted it to you, that video of Avery was absolutely amazing. I was blown away and it was so obvious that it wasn't scripted, not that you could very easily script something with a six and a half year old. It was just, it just blew me away to hear this little person explain the stands. Yeah. It was just, I I was like, oh my goodness. And Stephanie, you're so right that it's, it's such a reminder that what we're doing is making a difference and to not, you know, to stay the course. Mm -hmm. And I know we're talking about kids, but I have to just say really quickly that I was on the phone with my husband about an hour ago. He's driving home from out of town. I asked him how he was doing and he said he was tired and mad and resetting. Mm. And I said, okay, I hear you. You're tired and mad. 
and you're resetting. And I was like, oh, look at my husband using the language. I love it. Absolutely. It's because it. it's the culture of our homes, right? Like we can make it, it's not, it, it's not, nurtured heart is not, this is what the parent is doing for the child, or this is what the mom is doing for the child, right? Even though the mom maybe sometimes might be the one who takes the lead on implementing nurtured heart in the home, it infiltrates the entire home from the dad to the mom, to the children, to the animals, to who the grandparents, whoever lives in the home, it's the culture of the home. And that's evidence of that right there. So true. So yeah. true. So, uh, well, I first learned about nurtured heart in 2009, uh, after my son had a pretty tough kindergarten year that looked like a lot of punishments in school from the teacher and also a lot of punishments from his mom when he got home and she got a note, you know, that he wasn't sharing his crayons or, you know, was doing whatever it is he wanted to do during school time. Um, and I, I happened to go to a social emotional learning summit and Howard Glasser was there. Mm -hmm. I had never heard of him. I had never heard of Nurtured Heart, but I thought, okay, well, let's see what this workshop's about. It was just a one-hour introduction, and as soon as I heard him talk and explain what this was all about, I knew, just like Leah, it was like, I need to learn this, you know, and for me, it was, I, I need to learn this now, and there is no question that this is going to be a game changer, and, and it was. So I started, you know, attending local workshops. I got my first certification in 2011 because I had, I went to workshops and then I went home and just tried whatever I could flounder through, whatever I could remember of what I had learned. And I started seeing results almost immediately. So that encouraged me and motivated me to go get certified. Um, and, you know, and since then I've been to the certification trainings a hundred times over because I just can't get enough. And, you know, I had to do a lot of unlearning. So Leah got to start with Avery from when he was in her belly. Zachary was already five. So I really had to do a lot of unlearning because I had been so used to showing up when there were problems or negative behaviors, either by lecturing or reprimanding or punishing. So I had to really start working on not giving my energy to those problems, but to start looking for opportunities when Zach was making good choices and exhibiting positive character qualities, which once I started doing that, it turned out was a lot more often than I'd realized or than I'd ever given him credit for. Mm. So, you know, I started teaching my children the stands by their description rather than using the word stand one, two, three. So, you know, it started like Leah with modeling the approach, certainly. Um, they learned the phrase, don't energize negativity. Although I wish I had thought Leah to say something like don't focus on, because that might've been a little easier to comprehend. Mm -hmm. You know, so learning the phrase don't energize negativity long before they knew it was called stand one. And so I don't know, it all kind of, when I was thinking about this question, I was, I was asking the kids, how did I teach you nurture heart? Cause mm -hmm. I'm not even really sure, you know, um, it all happened so organically. It started with me modeling and then me kind of prompting them 
or maybe them hearing me saying, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to energize negativity right now. <laughs> um, but you know, recently I've, I've had to kind of double down because using these strategies, because my children have entered new developmental stages and my son is now 16 and my daughter's 12. So having a teenager and a tween means I get to help navigate new behaviors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yes, you do. Yes. And it's so exciting. Um, so, you know, over the past couple of months, I've reclaimed my intention of teaching Nurtured Heart to them rather than just modeling. And because living this approach has literally changed my life. So I, I need to give this gift to my kids. I need to help them learn how to um, embrace this in such a way that it helps infuse everything that they do. So recently I asked them, you know, what are the three stands? And they were able to recite them with no problem, like Avery. So I'm like, oh, okay. And so it's so, it's so interesting because, you know, I know I didn't sit down with a chalkboard and say, okay, stand one is this, stand one is two, you know, stand two is this, stand three. Um, and yet somehow they have, they have gotten it. Um, and now things are, things are just different because I'm helping to coach my children in using nurtured heart with each other. So when one is arguing with the other one or snapping at the other one, I can, calmly say to the one stand one and that sibling uses that as a reminder to not engage in the power struggle mm -hmm. and it it works nine times out of ten and it's such a gift and the other person you know that maybe was starting to instigate or whatever it it's not even um i've been watching the reactions and it doesn't even feel like they are insulted or annoyed, it's just more an awareness, like, oh, okay, yep, they're not energizing my negativity, so I need to reset, and there's just this understanding, you know, it's, it's incredible. Um, if I give directions or expectations in a way that's not clear, either or both of them will speak right up and say, literally, mom, we need stand three clarity. <laughs> they, they will, or, or if they don't follow a direction exactly the way I wanted, they might smile and say, well, I didn't have stand three clarity about that, mom. I'll be like, darn it. Bye. <laughs> so it's, they are hysterical. They really are. Um, so now we're actually really working on stand two at the moment because they are pretty brilliant at stand, stands one and three. Really, I watch them and I am just in awe. Mm. So we're working on stand two. We're trying to beef up stand two, which is, you know, that absolutely yes, giving, you know, giving recognition and honor to everything that you see going well and also honoring that in each other. So if I prompt them, they can absolutely honor greatness in others and themselves. So I'm kind of working to help them use this stand more effortlessly. So it just naturally comes out, mm -hmm. which is, 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 it's just pretty amazing. Uh, my son asked me something the other day and I listened and I listened, he was proposing something. And so I listened, 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 listened. And he said to me later, mom, thank you for being open-minded. He said, thank you. I said, for what? And he said, thank you for being open-minded. When I, you know, pitched that idea to you, I really thought you were just going to shoot me down, but you didn't, you listened and you told me you'd get back to me. And I just really appreciate you being open-minded. 
Mm. And I was like, oh, snap, like that's Stan too, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how it just sort of, it just sort of bleeds out of them, right? Like it's little things here and there where you wouldn't necessarily, well, sometimes maybe it's, it, you know, like when you ask them, well, what would you say? What is your NHA pitch? And then they just bam, hit you with it. But other moments that are just these regular, regular life moments, right? And you don't really necessarily think, oh, I hope they use stand one. Oh, I hope he's going to use stand two right now. <laughs> right. You know? But then he does. And it's like, whoa, that came out effortlessly and naturally on his own. And you didn't prompt him in that moment. Um, you know, you, it's sort of, you sort of reset him almost in the, from going, from just giving you that praise of thank you. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a little, a little gentle reminder, reset reminder of, well, thank you is empty and vague and I don't know what it means. So tell me why, give me the evidence of why you're thanking me. And then he took that and ran with it Um, to call you open-minded, be able to give you, you know, recognize that quality in you. That's beautiful. You are so right. I love how you worded that as a gentle reset. And you know, what's funny is what you just said. I absolutely have done that with them too. Sometimes either one of the kids will say, you know, thanks mom or, you're awesome, mom. And I say, um, excuse me, there, <laughs> I would like the evidence. Could you please honor my greatness right now? And they'll say, oh, okay. And then they, then they do it. So it's funny you said that. Cause yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Um, all right. So I would love it if you guys could walk us through a time, if you can think of an example of a time that one of, one of your kids were triggered by whatever it is, anything, um, and how you used the three stands to help them and yourself navigate through that moment in time. Or it could be a time that your child triggered you and how you were able to use the three stands to walk yourself through that moment. I'd love to hear, um, hear an example of that, what that might look like in your home. Leah, you haven't spoken for a while. Do you want to go first? Sure. So um, I, this this is from... Uh, just a, a few weeks into the into quarantine, um, and which was sixty years ago. <laughs> Feels like it. Oh my gosh! Wow. But um, so I don't remember the exact trigger, but it was just I think so much had built up for Avery, and mm-hmm. he had just been so dang flexible with so much, and then at some point, like I don't know, he just like melted down in the basement and was just rolling around and like scream crying it was just which is like honestly not his usual mo um but in and so it threw me because you know all of our nervous systems were just like kind of shot and you know felt like forever that he was having this big upset and i'm just thinking like he's like throwing stuffed animals around and all this stuff i'm like thinking like oh my god like come on, man, this is just taking forever. Like mm-hmm. my life now, why do we have so many giant bears in this basement? And, you know, so I, we were both really triggered and, you know, just feeling like this is not a big deal. Why are you freaking out over this? And then I'm like, okay, reset. You just take a breath and put this lens back on and really be intentional about how I see this. So when I was able to 
make that commitment to focus on regulating myself so that we could co-regulate, you know, it just felt so different. It's like, well, no wonder, no wonder he is like, you know, losing it right now over this quote, insignificant thing. You know, he has been holding it together. His whole world changed. He just suddenly like wasn't going to kindergarten anymore mm-hmm. and not able to see his friends, you know? So then I was looking, okay, he's kind of glancing at the wall. He's keeping himself safe. He's only throwing soft things at me. He's still really kind of making sure he's not going to hurt me or himself, but he's still getting all this tension out and, you know, just also noticing, okay, he's not screaming all the time. He's not scratching or biting or pinching or breaking anything or kicking hard or pushing or, you know, hurting himself. So this went on for about 15 minutes and because I set a timer, a stopwatch, and then he decided he wanted to go upstairs and, and get some food and he was taking all these deep breaths. So then, so I didn't, I probably even said too much in the moment, honestly, but I tried to just be nearby while he was getting all that out to just let him know, like, I'm here, you're safe. Um, Mm -hmm. But then when he was calm and went upstairs, you know, I just let him have it and was just like, you were so powerful down there. Like, oh my gosh, you could have really hurt me, but I could see you watching me and checking out the wall because I know you've hit the wall before by accident. So you were really adjusting your movements to make sure we were both safe. That is a major major self-control that you just showed even though you were so upset and so you know I just kind of went on um about all that all that stuff even though it was like not in that moment you know you just create a new moment and so then you know he leaned over and gave me a hug and was all smiling he decided to draw a picture for his dad and then we collaborate on one you know but by that point I was just like (laughs) Okay, I need a minute to myself. That was a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of emotional labor. Um, so I just went back downstairs to kind of finish resetting because it didn't feel totally clean for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so when he came down to find me, looking at the sort of carnage that he had wrought all over the basement with the, like toy trains and stuff, he just started cleaning it up. Like didn't make any argument. It was just like, and now it's time to do this. And was kind of singing to himself while he like built a train track. It was just totally like a different kid. And, you know, I was, I wanted to make sure I pointed out to him, you know, look at how you used that energy, all that stuff that got stirred up. You use that to reset yourself. And he, you know, turned to me and said, yeah, I started out sad. And then I calmed down through my crying. And then I suddenly realized that I wanted to play. It was just like, well, okay, just be six years old and wiser than me. (laughs) Yeah. So that's like the most vivid example that comes to mind. I, I think something that I noticed is, well, I noticed a lot of things that I want to say, but first I'm going to start with this. Um, I think it's so cool that you said, I noticed how you used the energy um, to help him reset himself and get through that tough moment. Um, because that's kind of the beginning stages of teaching inner wealth breathing. If you think about it, that's what just popped into my head when you said that I was like, Ooh, 
Now, how young can they be for us to really be teaching inner wealth breathing? And that's kind of, I mean, obviously the younger you go, it's going to be little baby steps of teaching it. Right. And that's, um, that's a really great baby step for teaching inner wealth breathing. That's mm-hmm. cool. That was a neat moment. So I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. Also, I think it's really neat how, what I noticed is that you, you walked Sounds like the picture you painted in my head is you walking quietly through the three stands with him mm-hmm. um, and, and being his inner voice. Like right now you're, you know, you could be, but you're not, you could be doing, you could be slamming the wall, but you're not, you're throwing the animals, but you're being careful. You're being gentle. You're using your power in a healthy way. Um, you know, so you're, you're stand, you're walking through stand one and stand two um, in a beautiful way um, with him. And then that allowed him to not only get through those, the energy that was raging through his body, um, but it helped him to beautifully use, like you said, use the energy to get through, get, get himself reset into this place of, of, I can breathe again. Right. Um, so that's a great example. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. Nicole, I'd love to hear an example from you with the older kiddos, um, what it might look like resetting or walking through the three stands, I should say, with, with uh, a tween or a teen or because yeah. of a tween or a teen. <laughs> right. So I was thinking about this question and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, thinking of an example of when, when one of them were triggered and I'm like, I, I was thinking, thinking, thinking. And honestly, the first example that came to mind happened like four years ago. And I'm like, well, geez, what does that say? Mm. And I was talking through this with my, with my kiddos and, you know, they were thinking too, and they, they couldn't come up with anything. And Lee, who's 12 says, well, that's because it's nothing big anymore. She said, we might get frustrated and stuff like that, but it blows over right away. And you don't really blow up, mom. You get frustrated sometimes and then you reset and we're all good. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, awesome. Yeah. But so this incident that happened four years ago, and I, I wanna say that I got permission from Zach to share it. Um, so he came home from school, he was in seventh grade and he came home from school and he was furious. I was up in my office and you know he came upstairs knocked on my door and came in and he was just furious. His face was beet red, his fists were clenched and he was kind of pacing around like a caged lion. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what is going on? And at the time we were really trying to focus on stand one because Zach at the time had a really strong default to negativity. So, you know, if I'd say, hey, how was your day? He'd say, oh my God, when I was standing in the line at breakfast time, they had chocolate muffins and I was so excited about the chocolate muffin. And when it got to be my turn to get food, the person in front of me took the last chocolate muffin. And I'm like, uh, okay, that happened like eight hours ago. Really? That's what you're Mm going to share. (laughs) So we were really working on trying not to focus on the negativity. So he came home furious and I could tell he was choosing not to spew the story because we'd been really focusing on, you know, not giving energy mm-hmm. negativity. And I could tell he, he had something to say. So, so I acknowledged that he looked furious. And I said, you know, I see that your face is really red and your fists are clenched. 
And I said, okay, I'm going to give you five sentences to tell me what happened because I didn't want this to turn into a 30 minute bleh. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm holding up my fingers as he's telling me what happened. And he tells me how he was on the bus and the brother of one of his friends need him in the privates. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm listening to him telling me this and I'm trying to not give energy. I'm also trying to reset myself because that instinctive, uh, you know, protective mama was about to come out and I was about to go call that person's mom and just go off. And so, you know, I'm breathing, I'm resetting. And so he shared what happened and I said, okay, what did you do? How did you respond? And he said, well, I told him to stop it. And then I moved my seat. And I said, is that all you did? And he said, yeah. And I said, did you cuss at him? And he said, no, but I wanted to. Mm. And I said, well, did you, did you knee him back or hit him or push him or anything? And he said, no, but I wanted to. <laughs> and I said, oh my gosh. I said, do you have any idea how incredible you were in that moment? I mean, this person did like one of the worst things you could do to a male, right? I mean, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. And I said, and your response was clarity. I need you to stop. So advocating for yourself, moving your seat, which shows that you are wise and that you are mature and that you have enormous self-control. You know, I said, the fact that you said you didn't cuss at him or hit him back, but you wanted to, and you chose not to do it. Do you realize how powerful you were in that moment? Oh my gosh. I mean, I was really floored with all of it. So, so throughout that whole conversation, you know, I was showing him how not to focus on the negativity. So that's stand one. I stand to him all over the place by making sure he was aware of all the greatness he showed in that moment. And I provided the stand three clarity up front when I said, okay, I'm going to let you tell me what happened, but you've got five sentences. So we don't get overly focused on this. And when it was all said and done, when I was able to show him how much greatness he had shown, I watched his body relax. Mm. I saw him take a breath and it was done. It was mm -hmm. done. The fury was gone. His face wasn't red anymore. And, and it was done. And he didn't go back to, yeah, but blah, blah, none of it, it was done. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just, that stands out in my head because it was incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that is incredible. And what's also kind of cool is that secretly behind the scenes, he was walking, he may not have known it at the time, but what I'm hearing is that he walked himself through the three stands in that situation. <laughs> um, you know, you're, you mentioned how he was, uh, you, you were focusing on stand, teaching him stand one at the time. But what I hear is not only did he get stand one, but he also got stand three, which opened him up for stand two when he got home with you, right? Yes. He was ready to hear yeah. it when he came home. Um, and wow, that's powerful. That is very powerful. And also, I just have to say, your first before you went into that story, you, you mentioned how it was difficult for the three of you, your, you and your kids, to think of a time when someone was triggered recently. Well, I think that's really interesting. And I think that that is a result 
a direct result of nurtured heart over the years um, becoming, you know, part of the culture in your home. There's a lot less triggers. Oh, absolutely. You know? There's no and, question. Yeah. Like Avery, you know, he's, he's still in that stage of life where triggers have to happen. That's how he learns. Um, and my son who's eight is getting closer close to being through, you know, I mean, everybody, everybody has triggers. What am I saying? But, um, you know, the younger we are, the more frequent those triggers tend to be. Um, and you know, my eight year old is still, is still working on that, on, on his triggers and how to regulate himself through his triggers. But my 11 year old, um, it's, they're few and far between. And so I would have had the same, if I had been asked to reflect on that question myself, um, I would have had the same response, Nicole, of I can't really, it's really difficult to think of a time that my 11-year-old, the last time she was triggered by something. Um, so it's just more evidence of the gift that Nurtured Heart gives us. And that's it's so exciting. I love that. Um, so thank you for sharing your story. And we are just about out of time, but I really, really, really would love before we go, if you guys could share maybe just one of your favorite activities or things that you do at home um, to teach the three stands. Um, yeah, I, this is Leah and I can, um, I, so I think one of, okay, so when we, when we do Nurtured Heart trainings, there's a slide that is like all white and there's like a purple dot on it. And we ask participants, what do you see here? And people say a purple dot. And the, the kind of point of that part of the training is to convey, we often see the dot and the dot represents, you know, the stuff, the negative comment, the something that went wrong, the, the screw up, whatever, the mistake. And we miss all the white space around it. And you know, how much of our day is really actually made up of purple dot really not not all that much um and so nurtured heart is part of partly about you know really looking at that white space what's mm -hmm. that made up of and so i made an actual purple dot slide um i laminated it because i love my laminator but um <laughs> to, to do dry erase but you know you wouldn't have to use a laminator um but i put a purple dot on a page laminated it and then i just kind of leave it out and with a dry erase marker. And then we just throughout the day, write down different things that we appreciate about the day, something we noticed in each other or in ourselves. My son is like getting more able to, to read and write. So he'll add his own little bits on there. And then we try to fill up that page to the point where you can't really see the dot anymore. And it's like this physical way of conveying that concept. Um, and it's just a fun, it gives this feeling of we're all doing this together. We're all kind of creating. Yes. And to I am so excited about that. I'm so glad you shared that because there are so many different iterations of the dot activity that we can do. I do my own at home as well, but I like that one. I like the idea of it being something that we do together and that it just sits there on the kitchen table or wherever the community area that people can just walk up to it and add their, their positive things, things that are going right in their day and fill up that space. What a great idea. <laughs> so brilliant. <laughs> I am going to go take mine and get it laminated. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that one. That's a 
power. It's really, truly the, the, the dot activity is powerful. I use it, um, with, you know, I've used it with my kids, um, you know, without it being laminated, I just had them create their own paper with a dot, um, and fill up the space around it. Um, and that activity actually the, the, to, as evidence of the powerful, the, the power that that activity holds, um, my son, my eight-year-old, he, um, that comes up for him frequently in life. Things will happen. Negative things will happen. And he'll say, well, that's the dot. Um, and we don't want to focus on the dot, but we still need the dot. The dot is important to us. And that blows my mind when he says things like that, but it's, there's that evidence again, that what we're doing is making an impact on their lives. Um, it's yeah. That is so wise and insightful that he says, you know, it's there, we need it. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. I know he, he sort of blows me away. It's the, it's the same thing that you guys are both talking about where it's those moments where it's just, life is just normal. We're just going through life as normal, you know, nothing's extraordinary. It's just living. And then all of a sudden, bam, they say little things Mm -hmm. that you go, whoop, they stop you in your tracks and you say, okay, so nurtured heart is in there big time. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, it's such a, it's such a, it's a cool feeling. I, I, I'm in deep appreciation of the, uh, effect that nurtured heart has had on their lives. Well, and Nicole, oh, sorry, Leah, go ahead. Avery has his own little activity that, uh, he demonstrated back in May. We were on a walk and he had had an upset with a friend. We're like walking back to the house and he suddenly grabbed like a fuzzy dandelion. And he said, this is my reset blow flower. And then he blew off all the little seeds. And then he was a different kid. Just using nature. Like, oh, it's just like, what? What? What a great tool. Oh, my goodness. I love that. He's going to grow up to teach Nurtured Heart. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, all right, Nicole, how about you? What's your favorite activity that you guys do? Besides yeah. cards. Besides what? <laughs> playing cards. <laughs> Besides playing cards. I mean, we, you know, a lot of times at dinner, we'll go around and I'll say, okay, what greatness did you show today? Or let's go around and honor everybody in the family. So we do a lot of stand to mm-hmm. stuff there. But most recently, um, the kids were showing me a video about a woman who was going to the dentist office and she refused to wear her mask and the the staff was trying to provide stand three clarity about what the expectation was and that they couldn't see, you know, they couldn't see her for appointment unless she wore a mask and she starts yelling and arguing and all this kind of stuff was happening. And the kids, you know, were very wrapped up in showing this to me and they were very amped up about the drama of it all. And so I said, okay, okay, thanks for sharing that video with me. Now tell me what greatness the dental staff showed. And so they were able to, of course, very easily do that. And then they kind of rolled their eyes at me because they knew what was coming next, which was, okay, now tell me what greatness that woman showed, the one that was refusing to wear a mask and yelling at the staff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, And they were able to do that. You know, they were able to say, well, she was persistent. I said, yes, she was. And they said, well, she was determined. I said, yes, she really was. And she was able to advocate for herself. And then, you know, side note, I said to the kids, okay, it doesn't mean that the way she was behaving was awesome. 
or you know appropriate or whatever and also we need to remember that you know we all have greatness inside of us even if sometimes our behavior is less than stellar um so that's that's kind of the fun thing i like to do with them like we might be watching a movie and i'll pause it when we get to the villain and i'm like okay tell me what greatness that villain just showed <laughs> and the it's crux, just kind yeah. of because it, it again you know it can be so easy to get sucked into negativity and drama especially at this age especially mm -hmm. with all the stuff going on right now there's it can be so easy mm -hmm. so i want to make sure that they don't you know that they, they that that's not all they see when they see negative behaviors that they're able to see the great stuff that is in every single one of us no matter how we're outwardly <laughs> behaving in the moment right absolutely and you know I think that's a beautiful example of how to just naturally implement NHA in our lives as opposed to it ha having to be like, okay, let me, like, I don't know who said it. Maybe it was Leah. Um, let me pull out my whiteboard and, you know, I'm going to write out what is stand one. <laughs> we don't have to be that deliberate in how we teach it directly to our kids. We can, um, we can help, we can, un we can fold it in, fold it into the day, the, the normal daily routine, uh, and you know match it to their age so with the teenagers you know folding it into a movie or the the youtube clip that they found of some crazy lady you know <laughs> whatever it might be um i love that you're just naturally finding those moments that are going to happen no matter what you're going to watch movies with your kids no matter what you're gonna um you know they're gonna download or look on youtube and find some what you know, lots of weird things on youtube right <laughs> use those tools to naturally fold it in. And I love that. That's a great example. Wow. Yeah. Goodness, you guys, this has been a really fun conversation. I feel like we could go on and on and on. Like we barely even scratched the surface. Um, but I do have to wrap up the conversation. And I just want to say to both of you, Leah and Nicole, uh, if you have any parting, ask if you have any parting words of wisdom, to leave with the parents who might be listening to this show who are thinking about trying to use nurtured heart in their lives. Mm. Oh, um, you know, in this, uh, Nicole and I just taught this, the six week version of the nurtured heart course, and we were blown away by how quickly, how early, people were really getting that concept of, oh, this starts with me. Mm -hmm. This is, I need to really get a handle on my inner world, my inner monologue. What is that voice saying? And how can I bring nurtured heart into that voice? Because that's the voice that comes out of me to my mm -hmm. family. And, and, you know, that can feel like a heavy responsibility when you're first learning this, this new language, but it also is like really empowering mm -hmm. of like, oh, I, I don't have to, how, what I do next doesn't have to depend on what anybody else just did. And I can, I can shift this, do this kind of inner alchemy of, okay, there's a lot of intensity right now. And how do I want to use it? Um, so really like kind of, letting this be organic, letting it be imperfect, but giving mm. credit for any little baby step, any little bit toward, um, toward calm or toward, 
um, being, you know, the parent you want to be, the person you want to be. Mm-hmm. It all counts. It all counts. Mm. Absolutely. I love how you said that. Beautiful. It all counts. Mm. It yeah, does all I, count. it does. You know, I, I would say to parents, don't give up. <clears throat> it, the nurtured heart approach is a process. It's a journey. It's not a place to get to. It's, you know, give yourself forgiveness and grace as you work to implement this and pat yourself on the back for everything that you do right. Not just what your kiddos do right, but what you do right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, mm, you are the best parent for your child. So Mm -hmm. stand one yourself. Don't, you know, don't get stuck in blaming yourself for past choices or decisions. Um, and just trust, just stay steadfast. This is coming from a recovering yeller. I used to be extremely reactive. Um, I can't remember the last time I yelled angrily, I should say, because now I yell at my kids when they're doing things right, just because it's fun to catch them off guard. I'm like, oh my God, look, you were respectful. Sometimes I scare them. It's kind of fun. Um, so, you know, just you can bring humor into this. It's just don't give up. Don't give up because it is getting in there. Everything you do is making a difference. Mm. Both of you ladies had such incredible words of wisdom. That's so true. So true. And it is, it does start with us. It, Mm. it begins with us and it, and the process is all about, you know, how we use the three stands on ourselves. That's the most important place to begin. Um, so I am just so grateful for the time that you guys lent to this podcast. Um, I know that there are a lot of parents out there who will listen to this podcast and will be drinking it in and um, drinking in the wisdom that you guys have shared throughout this conversation. And I'm just so grateful to you. So thanks for being here. And I just want to say just that a, a reminder, sorry, a reminder for our listeners that you can go to our website, childrensuccessfoundation.com for more information on trainings in your area and free resources, and also to find trainers like Leah and Nicole who are out there in in their prospective states training and doing online trainings, you can find them on the the same website, childrensuccessfoundation.com, and you can link up with them um, if you are interested in getting yourself a Nurtured Heart training. And a special thank you to my guests, Leah and Nicole, and to everybody listening. Don't forget to see what's going right in your daily journey. Mm, Amen. Thank you.